Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and I'm here with Megan Francis, as always. And we've got a fun show on for you today. We are going to be um, sharing some of the things that are making us happy and keeping us inspired um, that do not have to do with motherhood and parenting and family life. Um, so things like what we're reading, what we're listening to, style, and some other fun things that have been keeping us happy this summer. Um, as you know, usually we're all about motherhood and parenting and keeping a household with kids running, but it's fun sometimes to go into these other areas like creativity and style and food. And so we're going to be doing this semi-regularly, once every few months, I think. So we're calling it the more than mom hour, not just the mom hour. <laughs> like it. So, um, yeah, so we're recording this in August. We're kind of closing out summer. So we've been thinking about what, what have we been doing this summer outside of motherhood that's been inspiring or creative or interesting. So we're just going to go kind of through a few of those categories, starting with what we have been reading lately. So, Megan, you want to talk about that? So I have something to share today. Um, the last few times you've asked me about reading material, I actually think you've tried to have us have this be a topic. And I kept having to say, I'm not really reading anything right now. That's embarrassing. Um, I have an issue with fiction in that I always love the books I've already read and especially children's books and the books I read as a kid. Yeah. I have such fondness for those books and such good memories of like digging into a book and having it take over your life. And I've had a really hard time replicating that experience as an adult. And I think it's because I just not really chosen the right kind of reading material for me. Um, maybe it wasn't specific enough about what kinds of books I like. Right. And so I'm kind of starting to figure it out. First of all, a great thing to do if you're that person, if you just can't, you know, you walk into a library or a bookstore and you're overwhelmed by titles and you can't seem to figure out what, you know, what to pick up. And like, maybe you've tried a few things and they just didn't strike a chord with you is to ask somebody who reads a lot 
Like mm-hmm. ask your friend who's obsessed with books and has a stack of books by their bed and yeah. knows you really well. And so for me, that's my sister, Catherine. And so I was right. at her house and I said, you know, I have not been reading. I want to read more. I just feel like I, I don't, I just, I don't connect with a lot of books that are popular right. or whatever. So right. she knows me pretty well, but then I also had to get a little more specific. And I was like, I, I really thought about what books, what is it about a book that draws me in. And I, and I wrote down some words around this. I got really specific and like really oh, strategic great. about this. And I realized I like books that are kind of old timey. Like I like them to be set uh-huh. in some thing yep. besides, you know, now. Um, I like things to happen. I feel like a lot of modern fiction, nothing ever happens. It's just a right. lot of talk about feelings and, um, you like, like maybe within a, like a family drama, but there's not, I like right. sweeping books where there's action and plot. So right. I tend to like things that are set like in the old West yeah. and stuff or like pioneer days. Like, you know, there's yeah, or that. where you can also kind of learn, I, I mean, historical fiction, anything that's set in a time I don't know a lot about is Yeah. Really, yeah. So I had this very long, you know, and I like the language to be beautiful to read, but not pretentious. Like I'm really specific about what I don't want. And she gave me a book called 13 Moons, which I'm like maybe three chapters into now. Okay. And I'm loving it. It's got all of the elements I like. Like it's the writing is beautiful. I don't even know who the author is off the top of my head, but we'll look it up while um, we're talking. the writing is beautiful. There's a plot. It's set in like, you know, it's set in the mountains in maybe the twenties. I mean, it's just, it's got every, it got a little bit of everything for me. Right. So um, I'm really enjoying it. And it's kind of fun Thanks. to get lost in a book a little bit. Um, another thing, two little other little things I'm doing is I'm reading real books again. I'm trying. Okay, I, have I was been, about to ask yeah. you about the, the actual like practice of reading. When do you do it and yeah. on what? So I've been so dependent on my Kindle and I will say my Kindle made me a reader again after being out of it for a very long time. Um, I had not read fiction in so long when I got my Kindle because at night I didn't want to have the light on. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have a baby in the bed like we talked about mm-hmm. last episode or um, John would be in the bed or like I would just be too tired to even think about getting up and turning the light off, you know, if right. I'd been laying in bed reading. So having getting a Kindle was actually sort of life-changing and that way it made it so easy. And mm-hmm. I downloaded a whole bunch of free books and I read tons of classics and for a while was just really voraciously reading. But then what I found is that um, I started to just fall asleep all the time. So Mm -hmm. I'd get in bed with my book and I wouldn't even have the energy to think about what I wanted to read. So I just keep going back to the same old books over and over. And then I would be like passing out with a book in my hand every night. So I was never making any progress. Um, So I'm trying now to set aside time to read during the day Um, and to make it, you know, just like part of like what my everyday schedule looks like, which we've talked about. I'm about to start, I don't know if anyone missed this, I'm about to start a job um, doing a radio morning show mm-hmm. and I'm going to be working from six to nine in the morning mm-hmm. and then I'll probably, I know, and I'll probably come home and do some other work or go to the gym or whatever, but there's going to come a point of the day where my energy for work is going to lull a little bit and mm-hmm. I'm, what I'm really going to make an effort to do once the kids are back in school is make that reading time, sit mm-hmm. in a chair with an actual book. Right. Um, and, and there was something nice about holding a real book. I took it to the mm-hmm. beach with me and that was nice. And I, and it's something that's kind of funny about that is like, I could do that. I mean, it's probably going to be warm until October. There's no reason why mm-hmm. when the kids are in school, I can't take half an hour in the afternoon mm-hmm. to go do that. Um, mm-hmm. so my sister, you know, she works a regular job and is gone all day, but she said she just takes her book with her everywhere. And if she has a mm-hmm. few minutes, she reads, if she's sitting in the car waiting for one of the kids to come out or whatever, she reads like she's. She's a really voracious reader, so I look to her for sort of tips on how to work that into her life. That was a very well, long-winded answer. No, I love it, and I have much to say in response. But before we move from your book, I did look it up. 13 Moons is by Charles Frazier. Everything we talk about today, we'll link to you guys at themomhour.com, all the books, the products, the food, whatever. So 
Um, but it is Charles Fraser who wrote your book. I have many things to say. Uh, <laughs> one is that one thing I've noticed is that the little tiny pockets of time that used to be in between things, I would look at my phone, right? Yeah. Like, Scroll yes. Facebook Scroll or Facebook. Twitter or Which Instagram. we've talked about how that is yeah. a, you know, it's kind of that like race to nowhere kind of situation. Yes. It's like, yay, more and content. It starts, like when it, when it starts, it might make sense because it really might be a 45 second brain break in between something. But as my kids have gotten older and more independent, I could legitimately have 15 minutes and 15 minutes is enough to read a few pages of a good book. I wouldn't get out a really good book if I only had one minute. It's just, it's hard to find your place and to remember where you are. So I think it almost kind of started from necessity, but then if you're used to the social media or the scrolling to fill those little pockets of time, the pockets of time get bigger and you don't have a lot to show for it. I hate to say it. Yeah. So um, I think that's so smart of your sister, obviously to carry the book around. And um, I do think it's interesting you've gone back to real books. I really only read I don't read electronically, hardly ever. Maybe like one out of 20 books I'll read electronically because either I can get it free or yeah. I'm, if I'm traveling. Um, but I just, I, I know it's kind of stodgy and I'm all for it because I think in general it's made reading accessible and easy and portable. But yeah. I just don't like it. One of the one of the my problems with it is I like to know where I am in a book. Me too. I, like I have a really hard time with that with the Kindle. Like, how far do I have to go? And if you want to skip I, around or go yeah, back, it's really or hard. Go back and kind of like get a feel for how much you have left to go, or how long is this chapter, or what. I don't know. There's something about that physicality. I've literally had books end when I wasn't expecting them to before. Yeah. <laughs> when I read, like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, because you don't have the physical sensation of being near the end. So. Yeah. Um, I, there's been times when it just made the most sense and I will, but I, I, I far prefer real books. The other thing that I think is funny that you said is I feel like you're saying if you haven't read fiction that you're not reading. So is nonfiction <laughs> not No, reading? it counts. It totally counts. <laughs> I just feel like to me, I always identified myself as a reader and Novels. I, and I like, I liked being someone who was up on, you know, newer literature or, or even older stuff. Like, I just feel like, um, and speaking specifically of, of fiction. So yeah. for me to not do that for so long, yeah. you know, to not get like lost in a story that way for so long, right. um, it just felt like it wasn't me. But I had yeah. a really hard time getting myself back to that, especially after having little kids. Cause I, like you, we've talked about, I got yeah. so into parenting books and so into kind of also as a younger mom, like the, who am I figuring out who I am kind yeah. of books. And I'd read books about, you know, farming and like books about knitting. And I try to picture myself as one of those people. And that was great. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, that's perfect. I love learning and I love, I still love nonfiction, but I just, there was a little piece of me missing. And I, every time I tried to get back into it, it just didn't happen. Like it just okay. didn't click. So, okay. No, that makes sense. Cause I read almost exclusively nonfiction and I really yeah. like nonfiction and I've almost, I've always been drawn to nonfiction. I, but I, I have the same experience as you where I like to read a novel, but I almost has to be given to me with recommendation from someone I know. Like yeah. I, I just, I would never just go in and browse the novels for the same reason. It's overwhelming. I'm not even that picky. I just don't really want to read a novel badly enough to go pick one out. But if someone hands me one, then, um, then I will read. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay. Well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. So the novel I read this summer that is um, quite popular right now, so listeners have probably heard of it, is called The Nest by Cynthia Dupree-Sweeney. Um, and it's kind of like a juicy, fun summer novel, um, really interesting family dynamic. It takes place in New York City and around. And I have a lifelong fascination with people who live in New York City and the the act of living in New York City and surrounding. Um, so that was kind of fun. And that was a good but I really only read maybe one or two novels a year. And mm. just like you said, I went many, many years without reading regularly at all. So now when I do my reading is first thing in the morning when I wake up, Brian goes mm. to the gym. I, yeah, I think nice. I've mentioned this and I sit and have my coffee and read. But I have read some good um, some good nonfiction this summer and recently. Right now I'm reading Hamilton, like the big fat yeah. biography that, you know, was the inspiration for the musical. And um, it is really, really good. But I did want to read that in a real book and it weighs like 10 pounds. It's huge. I will be reading Hamilton for the foreseeable future, but it's so, it's really compelling. I mean, I know it sounds cliche because everybody's talking about it, but it's very, very well written. Um, and I've talked on this show. Um, I really liked the book, The Gift of Failure by mm-hmm. Jessica Leahy. And I also read another nonfiction about, I'm kind of into education right now, I guess, because my kids are at the beginning of elementary school and we're at a new school. So I'm kind of just fascinated by education policy and theory and I don't know 
kind of nerdy. But another really good one um, was called The Importance of Being Little, What Preschoolers Really Need from Grownups, which is about early childhood education and policy. And man, that's it's, it's a lot to think about. It's a really fascinating book. So I'll link to those. Um, trying to think. And then, I don't know, are you reading, do you read, do you click through to articles that you find online? I mean, because that's another way yeah. to read. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think we don't always, we don't always give that credit. Um, no, we don't. Yeah. I will say like in my Facebook feed, um, you know, about half of the stories that come up are like the Atlantic or New York Times um, or New York Magazine. I will often click through it because I just find that they're usually good stories. Yeah. Um, like yesterday I read one that just randomly came across my feed and it was about like the antics of cats in history. <laughs> So it was like wow. cats that made the news basically, you know, in like the turn of the century. <laughs> it was fascinating. I mean, it was just awesome. kind of silly, but um, it was a New York Times story, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I've had a lot of that kind of thing. There's like really fascinating stuff out there. Um, human interest stories. Yeah. And you just kind of, we've talked about this and I think maybe um, going to that episode where we talked about media and like, mm-hmm. finding yeah. it, didn't we have some strategies for, episodes. Yeah. yeah, kind of like to get your feed to reflect that you know I had yes. to go through at one point and kind of un- I don't I'm not on Twitter a whole lot anymore but I had to basically like unfollow everybody on Twitter and start over because it was such a mess yeah and then I went through and I was very specific about following news outlets that I like I followed the onion and I followed McSweeney's because they're hilarious and yeah. very much up my alley um just kind of replacing the noise yeah. with good stuff so yeah. Yeah. Well, and Facebook now, this is, I mean, even since we recorded that episode, Facebook has the feature called save that you can save a link to read later. Yeah. And for all we can gripe about Facebook every time they change and make updates, it's like my favorite update they've ever had because it essentially can turn it into a proper feed reader in a way where you can yes. bookmark things to go back to later. Um, because a, a habit of course is to see interesting headlines and maybe click and read the first little bit. It's not interesting enough to keep you going or you get interrupted. And it's, it's such a fractured experience being mm-hmm. on social media as opposed to sitting down and reading an article. But with that little save button, I really do sometimes go back. Sometimes I don't, I decide I don't really care that much, but often I will go back when I can and read a whole article. Um, I have talked on this show about the podcast called am writing hashtag am writing yeah. with, um, Jess Leahy and KJ Delantonia, but they have a, they always offer a tip at the end. And KJ's a couple weeks ago was to, when you click, a, if you click a link, read the whole thing all the way through. And I realized how guilty I am of being like, Oh, that looks kind of interesting. And then, you know, clicking on 35 links a day and reading none as opposed right. to clicking on five and really reading them. So it was a yeah. good little, little exercise. Not that there's anything wrong with clicking and look, you know, it's right. fine. But it was, it was, it was pretty interesting to realize how often we do that because the social media environment is that kind of like quick. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, yes. So. Well, and I, I, one question I do have for you, Sarah, and this is something that I've been a little timid about because I got my Kindle before we moved last time. So when we moved, I basically, got rid of almost all of the books I had sitting around except for the ones that were like old favorites. If I had right. some history of yeah. the book, I kept it. If I knew I'd read it again, I kept right. it. But otherwise, you know, I cleaned house. And one thing I loved about having a Kindle is just having a Kindle next to my bed and not this yeah. huge stack of books. Yeah. And then you've got the one that like you're still working on and, yeah. you know, it kind of is a mess. So I'm trying to think strategically about how to keep things flowing in and out so I don't end yeah. up with that Huge well, mountain. I have used the library, not for everything. Um, I have bought a couple books or borrowed, but I have used the library and that just, I feel like it kind of has its own natural because I'll reserve something online. And especially when I've read some books that are in higher demand, then I have to wait a little bit. Right. Um, and so I feel like 
then I'm reading something else while I'm waiting. I don't know. That is a good question. I'm looking over at my little reading table. It just has Hamilton on it right now. But I've never been someone who's in a whole bunch of books at once. I know some people do that. But I'm like a pretty much a, I'm a monogamous reader. <laughs> reading one, <laughs> one, one book, book at, at a, a serial time. monogamous. But I, I have used the library yes. a lot because um, it is free. That's true. Mm-hmm. And they, t- they take it back when you're yes. done. Yes. So and that's you know, a solution. We've shared our opinions on Marie Kondo's method, but I, you know, I kind of agree with books unless it's an heirloom or something you're sure that you're going to read again. I mean, I'm, I, I loan a lot of my books out and when I loan them, I really don't care you if don't I ever see them every, again. I yeah. just give books to people. But what's funny is, you know, I was four years as a literature major. And so I have a lot of novels and fiction and books of poetry that I won't get rid of. It's funny. Yeah. I'm never going to read them again. But they look pretty on the shelf and they make me seem really smart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So Okay, well, we'll link to anything that we mentioned. And also, I'm going to link to Goodreads. If you don't use Goodreads, it's, um, it's a nice way to keep track of what you have read. And I really, sometimes when people ask me, what have you been reading lately? And I can't remember, I actually go to look at Goodreads. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I read that book. There's something that feels kind of accomplishment when you can go and add another book. So there's also something nice about, I don't actually contribute to Goodreads, but I do have an account and I read um, people's comments a lot and reviews Uh and there's um, discussions. And if you ever have a situation where like you read a book and you loved it so much, you just want to read another book like that book. You can often kind of search and find things like, I liked X, you know, yeah. what else might I like? And there's a lot of good discussions like that on there yeah. too. And they, and they will also, if you do put in the books you're reading, they will start to then generate recommendations for yeah. you. And so I don't really spend a lot of time on there. I just purely use it for a list of the books I've read because I will forget. Um, awesome. Yay, reading. Yay. Moving so now let's what? talk about what we're wearing lately. That's kind of a departure. It is. Yeah, this summer has been funny for me, like style-wise. Um I bought two pair of shorts at Target early in the season, and I've I've been sort of just wearing them all the time. Like, did you days see what on I wrote end. On the outline? No. Are you stealing my? I wrote. Did I, I wrote jump? Did I steal your thunder? Oh, <gasps> you wrote the summer of Target shorts. That's hilarious. Was, they had really good shorts this year. Yeah, like really it, it, comfy. Yeah, when it used to be okay to wear boxers, remember that? That's oh. what it reminds me of. Did you ever wear boxers, or was that a California thing? You know, I think I did maybe like, but not, I don't remember it ever really being okay where I was from, but <laughs> I wore them to bed or like just to no, slop around. To I'm a little older than you it. though, too. By that time, by the time you were wearing them, I was probably already a mom or, you know, moving on in life. So I remember at like seventh grade and I wore them to school, but the shorts at Target are like wearing pajamas. It's like the world's best invention. Yeah. I've okay, got some really good ones. Look like. we probably well, mine are just, I just got denim ones. I did get another pair that are like, um, like this weird, like kind of feels like linen almost, but they're, it's like a real breathable, breathable material and they've got an elastic waist. Those are awesome. Do but they even, have a little tie that doesn't actually tie? Yes. We yes. have the same shorts. Um, but <laughs> even the denim ones I got, and I've had a hard time with denim shorts, are so comfortable. And they're also, they offered them in, in more lengths, I feel like this year. So like last year it was like they were either five inches or three and five can be a little on the frumpier side for me, yeah. the way I like to wear them. Yep. And the three is just way, they're booty shorts. Yep. Yep. This year they had a four inch length and oh, they're nice. super comfy. They're super stretchy. I have probably fluctuated five pounds a summer up and down depending on, you know, my food and working out situation. Um, and they've never felt tight. They're just great. They've just been great. So, and then I bought, you know, you know that I am a Fabletics person. Yeah. Well, they're always expanding on their tops. Like they're always offering more stuff. <clears throat> and a lot of their clothes now are more like loungewear or just, I mean, they are athletic, but you don't have to wear them to work out. Right. They don't look like workout clothes. 
I ended up buying a whole bunch of tops from Fabletics, and a lot of them have really interesting necklines or show part of your back and stuff. And okay. so then, and I think I might have talked about this at some other point, I bought three lace bralettes from Ooh. Victoria's Secret, and now they're kind of like going in and out. Like I've tried to buy more, and my size is never in. Um, so I've just been basically wearing this bralette under a top that in some way shows it, like either right. in the back or, and they're really pretty. Yeah. And they look like a cami almost. Yeah. Um, and then I've been wearing it with my Target shorts. And sometimes I will just wear the same shorts like four days in a row. I don't even care. That's, that's <laughs> so funny. So, no, I mean. It's been very like low, not very inspired style summer, but it's been super comfortable. Well, but Target, they knew what they were doing. Cause I agree. I think last year and Target shorts last year were really structured. Yes. Very like chinos, you know, like a, uh-huh. like a structured, which can look flattering, but isn't very comfortable for me comfortable, to wear. It's like yeah. too much fabric, like in too small of thing. Yes, and absolutely. I did buy three inch shorts last summer. It's not appropriate. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I have one of the ones you described that is more, it's kind of a linen or like a, like a cotton linen, um, that I'm pretty sure we have the exact same ones. And then I have another pair that's like more, um, like it's probably a rayon polyester, very, very light. Mm-hmm. material with kind of a paisley pattern so they're patterned they're black but with oh like i got a, a pair like that pattern. too that are and um, they also have an elastic waist again I'm pulling them out like, of my drawer right now i got a pair of those too that i wasn't even sure like when i bought them i thought maybe they're pajamas they're that, that they feel like pajamas they feel like maybe pajamas they are, but they're they're amazing them all yeah <laughs> please don't tell me i've been wearing pajamas you may have but else. who cares if you you know I, oh. I think they actually are pajamas but it's it's fine because i've been wearing my pajama pants assuming that's what they are as as shorts. They're just that cute and comfortable and I don't care. Yeah. Well, and I think, I feel like I've had added a couple more pair of cute flat sandals because I, I just was always like a flip flops in the summer person. And I still Mm -hmm. go to my Javiana flip flops 80% of the time, but having flat, like flat, comfortable sandals that look slightly more interesting, I think makes shorts and a tank top seem like more of an outfit. That's true. So, um, yeah, so I've been rocking a few of those. Um, what about, is it going to cool down anytime soon or will you be in summer wear for a while? You know, it's funny, like the last couple of days, it's actually been quite cool, but I think it's just because it was so hot, you know, it's not actually, when I say quite cool, it's like not 80 degrees, but we've had a really hot summer. Like this last month has been very hot. So, um, it's hard to say they're saying it's going to stay warm through October, but here that's not going to mean really warm, warm. It'll probably, you know, we might have a few hot days in September, then it'll start getting down to like. 50s and 60s in October. Right. Hopefully, like the last couple of years, Halloween, it has been raining, sleeting, snowing, terrible. And I'd really like to get through Halloween with some nice weather this year. So, fingers crossed. Oh, all right. Well, should we move on to another category? Um, So, let's talk about what we're listening to lately. You are more into music than I am, so I'll let you go first. Well, I've talked about how John, my husband, is always like on the lookout for new music, um, which, and we've been going, we've gone to a lot of concerts. So we actually went to a concert of a, well, it's not really, I, I always hate calling a band if it's just a guy, right? But um, it's called Borns. And this is the thing now, like, no new bands, if they're, you know, hip young bands, they don't spell anything right. Right. So it's Borns, all capitals, and the the O is actually like a, zero with it with the line through it yeah so I don't know why um because people have stopped communicating out loud the other thing that right the other thing that they do is they don't use vowels so now if you want to be like a a hip new band and you maybe your name's already been taken you just use that name and you just take all the vowels out so I don't know there's one that I really like called churches but they spell it with a 
V instead of a U. So I always call uh-huh. it Javerches, which I know isn't correct, but I just do that. So, so I'm going to actually tie in. So I went to this. So the Borns concert was, I think, the first time I really kind of figured out that things have moved in a very disturbing direction fashion-wise for me. Um, because there's a lot of young – I'm usually one of the older people at these concerts, and there's a lot of women in their 20s. First of all, girls are slogging around huge bags again. Like, remember oh. how for the last, I don't know, 10 years, you get like a wristlet or a little clutch or something to take right. out? Now it's like everyone looks like they just got out of class. So, mm. And mini backpacks are back in. Yeah, I have seen a little bit of that. And so are like those long floral kind of granny dresses. Although I will say like there's a there's a much more flattering um, take on them today than there was in the 90s. Remember, remember okay. those dresses that I'm talking yes. about? <clears throat> so it's just been really interesting to go and like look at the style all around me. But that's beside the point. I'm talking about the music. So Bourne's is kind of like, I don't even, it's very nostalgic sounding. You should listen to it. I think you would okay. like it. It's and I don't know if it, like, I think I've heard one song on the radio. It's very kind of chilled out, um, but it has this sort of funk, but like 80s hmm. feeling. I don't know. I'm terrible at describing music, but just listen to it. You'll probably like I it. I will. Okay. We'll link to that too. And, you, you, oh, oh go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and the other thing I've been listening to a lot lately is the Spring Awakening soundtrack because oh, it's, okay. um, yeah, you said, yeah, you told me to listen to it's that. It's a, it was a Broadway musical and mm-hmm. I think they're going to do it locally here. So I just kind of started listening to it for research purposes, right. but I really like it. It's like, it's, it's a song about, or it's a play about teenagers, um, and their hormones. So it's the music is a little, you know, it's mostly okay. kid safe, but if you really yeah. listen to the words, you're like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. Um, but it's it's good. It's really, really good. It's like rock. There's a couple songs that have F bombs, but you can tell what those are ahead of time. And it's right. it's really good music. It's fun to listen to. Oh, so. that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. 
Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Um, I have mostly been listening to podcasts. I listen to podcasts even when I work out, which is, I feel like music would suit me better sometimes. I have, but... I can't listen to, I tried and I can't do it because I can't like make my body move to the rhythm of the people talking. Right. Do you know it what just I mean? Kind if I'm walking, it's fine. How I don't, yeah, that's pretty much how I work out is walking. Yeah. What I need to do <laughs> is listen. I walk fast and I walk uphill. So I have like an aerobic walking pace. But then yeah. what I'd like to do is like a few more weights or conditioning exercises after I get off the treadmill. And that's when I just wander around listening to podcasts and don't do anything. So I need right. to switch to music. I need a good playlist after that. Um, but I think I've mentioned all the podcasts um, that I've been listening to lately on the show. But I'll mention them again now in case people are tuning in for the first time. I am addicted to the NPR politics podcast like every week they do they do one main one a week and then they'll jump in and do a quick one depending on what happens during the week but um I just like their personalities it's not boring to me it's not overly political it's more analytical and it's like you know the whole thing is kind of a spectator sport no matter what your politics are so I just find it really interesting and then Brian and I like to discuss so NPR politics I've been listening to um hashtag am writing with Jess Leahy and KJ Delantonia has been a fun new one to add um, and I do recommend that for writers and creative types. Um, I heard that Elizabeth Gilbert is back with season two of her podcast called Magic Lessons, which, um, so she wrote a book called Big Magic, which I did read. I can link to that. Forgot to mention, which is really, it's a very quick, um, just fun read about creativity. It's not, it's not banging you over the head with anything. Mm -hmm. It's actually pretty, it's, it's fun. It's a very fun book about creativity and her writing is great, but um, she started a podcast called Magic Lessons to go along with um, the book, which is called Big Magic. And she takes different kinds of creative people, entrepreneurs and artists and musicians and who feel stuck creatively. And then they like sort of workshop. So she'll have one episode where she interviews them and they tell their story. And then the follow up episode, um, she brings on someone else in the creative sphere. So she, if she, if the person is a musician, she'll find a really well known musician and have them on to kind of like workshop and dialogue about this person's creativity. It's I listened to the first season of Magic Lessons. I have not started now that she's started over, um, but I would like to. That's another really good one, and not just about mom stuff. Um, and then. Oh, the Girl Next Door podcast is like another that I just listen every time they have a new one because I love them, um, Erica and Kelsey. So those are probably the ones that I always listen to and then yeah. dabbling all over the place. In I other... have shamefully fallen off of the podcast listening wagon over the summer, I think because I'm not cooking as much and I've always listened okay. while I cook. Um, and we just, you know, it's more grilling or eating yeah. out or, or going traveling. to a friend's house. We've been traveling. So I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to getting back into that, especially I when I, I want to start listening when my kids aren't here because yeah. I find that when they're walking in and out, I'm like, get out of here. Oh, I couldn't. <laughs> That's why I didn't listen to podcasts when you were for like three years because I couldn't there. I could never. And we actually had a list or a Facebook um, reader of ours 
say that recently on Facebook. She was asking, legitimately asking our other listeners, when do you guys listen to podcasts? And I think there's times, obviously, if you're listening to this right now, you've found time. But right. for those who haven't, it is, it's hard sometimes when your kids are coming in and out or if you have kids around you all day. So I totally, yeah. that's why I was late to the bandwagon on podcasts. But Yeah. Huh. All right. Um, okay. What's our well, final what are, category? What are you creating this summer? And creating could be um, writing, work, yeah, creativity, hobbies. Um, well, anything. I mean, what you making? Uh, well, so we're doing a reboot of the Next to Normal that I was in back in the spring. Okay, the play. Um, yeah, yeah, the play. Maybe tell, tell a little bit about that. If okay, so I was in a musical called Next to Normal, and I played the role of Diana, who is uh, it's a very heavy Art. but awesome such a good show um it was one of the best experience like theatrical experiences of my life the cast was fantastic the directing was great the show was like life-changing I mean people it's people still come up to me and talk to me about it Do you um, ever get, like, it deals with really heavy topics like by people that you don't know sometimes but I mean they don't really know why they know like, they kind of like, yeah. give me that look like I know that I know you but I don't know why yeah, yeah. that happens every now and then I mean I I do that too because I see theater um right locally and I'll run into people and be like I know I know you and with the other night we actually had like the little community theater awards show ceremony which was fun and it was really fun to like see people that I've seen in something but never got to meet before right um, or they saw me in something right. and so right. that was fun um very cool and so we're doing a little three-day theater festival and so we'll be putting it back up for just one night and so I didn't really sing all summer seriously I just kind of was busy and didn't get I just didn't. Um, and so we went back to our first brush up rehearsal the week before last and it felt so good to just get back yeah. together with those people and sing again. It was great. So that's something definitely in the fall that I do not want to let slip. Um, yeah. Will I've you do another got, play or is uh, this lessons? Not or? right away. Not in the fall. There's too much going on. My kids are, yeah. I've got two in football and it's like every other night one of them has, yeah. you know, like practice. So right now basically that's my life is driving them around. Um, but I will definitely take lessons again because that keeps me singing yeah. um, and maybe work on a song for like um, Paul, the guy who directed the show does like puts together little concerts. And okay. so I want to get on one of those so that I have something to rehearse yeah. and I'd like to start playing the piano. I mean, I just haven't in so long. I've been looking for an electric piano that I could ha use with uh, headphones. Okay. Yeah. You know, so I could practice like after the kids are in bed or whatever. <clears throat> and, uh, I would just like to kind of musically branch out a little bit. Whether yeah. or not I do another play this year, I don't know. It's pretty demanding. And if the season that they are producing this year doesn't wow me, I might right. not. Um, right. Because it's a big but commitment. But I'm going to do something. It's, it's, a, you... it's a huge yeah. commitment. But I'm going to do something. It'll be something. Right. So. Cool. What yeah. about work and writing? Anything? You know, my work has been just kind of worky. Yeah. I haven't really done a whole lot of creative writing or anything too exciting I want to I mean maybe again in the fall maybe that's one of those things I just kind of fell out of because I got busy and and now I'll start back up in the fall what about you right where are you at with all that I know you were pitching more and doing more essays I, yeah I um I pitched two essays this summer that both got rejected by more than one outlet which I'm just mm. declaring out loud because I feel like that is part of the gig so part of the gig um, and anybody listening right now yeah. they can be comforted by that if they're yeah and I feel like I've had really there. good teachers and advice and reading and listening to other writers over the years where I just, I'm pretty good at being like, yep, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, mm -hmm. like I am mm -hmm. supposed to be putting things out and getting rejected because if you don't do that, you know, it's, yeah. it's part of the deal. 
So, yeah, so I didn't take it too hard. Um, one of the essays was about when my dog was dying and the other one was loosely related to politics. So they're not like the lightest. Hard sells sometimes, yeah. yeah. And, so, and one was super timely and didn't quite hit probably yeah. timely enough. And so now I'm probably not going to do much about it. Um, actually, both were timely because my dog did die. I don't know. Um, but it was good to be writing, good to be writing and having – outlets in mind and practicing the practice of putting work out there. Um, I'm toying with the idea actually of doing some kind of a weekly email where I can share things I've written, things I've read. I know like kind of old school, not blogging. I love that idea. No, I love that. I've actually, you know, that's funny that I thought about doing that as well. I just remembered when I used to write emails and how much I loved it. And I thought, I don't want to blog right now. To me, that feels like a lot of pressure for me to blog personally, because I've got so much else going on. And with this, you know, with us podcasting all the time, it's like, I don't feel the need necessarily. But I love the idea of just reaching a little group of people with an email. Yeah. And email is so opt in. Um, One of the things about Facebook, I'm also like, we talked about in reading, I've just been reading a lot lately and reading really thought provoking, interesting things about raising kids and education. And sometimes I feel like sharing it, but I don't really want to share it with my whole Facebook because like, it's not relevant to 90% of them. And then I feel like it can be even misconstrued or it might be something vaguely political or I don't know, I overthink it. So with with doing a weekly email newsletter is totally opt in. Like if people don't like it, they don't have to be there. And then I would feel comfortable being like, Hey, I read this book here, a few thoughts, you know? So, um, there's some writer friends we have in common who do really good brief, but really interesting weekly emails. And I always look forward to getting them. So, um, I've been toying with that as an idea. Um, and then I'm going to start taking a ballet class once a week. I'm saying (gasps) it, you know, when we moved here, there's a really, really good ballet studio right in town, like two minutes away. And, um, I noticed right away they have an adult ballet class and a studio has to be big enough to have enough interest to offer adult classes, which isn't. And then then you have like fitness studios that offer like ballet bar fitness, but it's not, that the is same not thing. ballet by the way. It's not the same thing. <laughs> it's, um, not. It isn't, it's not bad for fitness, but it's not, no. it's not what I'm, it's not dance. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I really don't want to take a class that's not geared toward adults. Like I don't want to be the adult in a room of teenagers. Um, yeah. at least not right in the beginning going back. If I found a teacher I loved, I would probably do that and not, not care, but I, it would have to be the right class. So there's been this adult ballet class I've had my eye on literally for two years, but it's on Friday mornings. And we used to both record the podcast, but I also used to volunteer in the classroom. So I had a set structured Friday morning for two years. So now that Violet's in preschool and it sounds like we're shifting recording schedule a little bit. So I'm, I'm declaring it to be true. Um, starting next week, I will take a ballet class once a week. So it shall be so. It shall be so. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. great. Because you did a class with your friends, right? Not too long ago. I did. We did a reunion class. So we went back and yeah. had our original dance teacher teach a really easy class. And it was super fun because it was just us. And we felt really silly. But it was it went better than we thought in terms of. Yes. But other than that one class, I have not danced in 12 years, almost 12 years, 11 yeah. and a half years. Wow. Other than that one like hour that of one time. Laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's great. Yeah, that's I, exciting. I feel like. I really feel like I want to. And I didn't for yeah. 10 years probably feel like I wanted to. And then now I feel ready. Oh, so yeah. I'll be fun. Yeah. Yay, creativity. So, well, I would love to know what listeners think about occasional episodes like this. It's definitely off topic for us. But I think it's good for moms to, especially if you're in the weeds and you have no time to read, you don't care about what you wear, 
no time for creativity. Remember that we have been there. And one of the reasons we can talk about this stuff is because we've moved through it. And for me, especially more newly moved through it, it's really fun to be like, I did read a book. Like I actually talk about this. So, um, but I'd love to know what listeners think since it is kind of a different, a different approach. Maybe we'll do it a couple times a year. I know we did it around the holidays and that was fun. We talked about all our favorite Christmas stuff. So absolutely. Well, I feel like, I feel like by the time this episode airs, pretty much everyone whose kids go to school will be back in school, right? Or, Or about to be. I think or about this, to be. This, this episode will air the very last Tuesday in August, which is, I think, like oh, the 29th. Okay. So yeah. if your so kids start like, after yeah. Labor Day, it will be about. So we will. And then in yeah. the coming weeks, we're going to have some kind of practical, back to real life school year related episodes. But this was a fun end of summer this departure. Is, yes. A little diversion. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Talk to you next week. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.